Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the outstanding Dave Jackson. He's a Chief Technology Officer for the Airdrie and Area Health Co-op, also known as AAHC. It's a community-wide initiative which aims to empower individuals, providers, and organizations to own your own health with the goal of becoming Canada's healthiest community. David is responsible for developing a digital strategy for a digital health ecosystem through a connection of systems ranging from health and healthcare providers municipal, government, schools, and local businesses. In April 2018, AAHC partnered with the City of Airdrie to submit an application based on this digital strategy for the first Canadian Smart Cities competition. Out of 130-plus communities, Airdrie's application was elected as one of 10 finalists, with two communities eligible to win a prize of $10 million. A final application was submitted on March 2019 with the winners to be announced in May. Dave was the co-lead for this project and responsible for guiding the technology strategy. Prior to working with AAHC, Dave has spent time with Alberta Health Services and the World Health Organization working on end-user focused systems to connect and utilize data from disparate data sources, something that's on top of the mind of a lot of leaders listening to this. As he was also uh, the first data manager for the Canadian Primary Care Sentinel Surveillance Network, which extracted and utilized data from over 15 different electronic medical records across Canada. So when we think about technology, when we think about interoperability and how to leverage this for insights instead of just for data's sake, Dave is our man. And and so with that, I want to give him a warm welcome to the podcast. Dave, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Great opportunity. Thank you. So Dave, what is it that got you into the medical sector? So my story is a little bit different. I grew up with a a dad who was a rural family physician. And so my initial uh, exposure to health and healthcare was, wow, I never see my dad. He's always being called to be on call. Everyone else is responsible for his time and and he's not, and I don't have my dad, but I didn't realize all the great things he was doing. So not just a rural community, a small rural community. So we had a hospital town of about 6,000 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So quite small. So very busy, busy man. So I I actually started my career. I have a business degree. I started an accounting firm and wasn't the right fit. Had an opportunity to to manage a medical clinic, a primary care clinic, and fell in love right away. I said, oh, this is what my, you know, you know, you grow up a teenager, you're all internal. That's all you think. And and then I was like, oh, this is what it's all about. And I saw this huge opportunity to be on the other side of that to say, well, how do I actually help these providers to focus on healthcare? How do I actually help them to have more of a balance in their life? How do I help, you know, and ultimately patients to be healthier? And so kind of fell in love with healthcare from that side and moved forward from there. That's amazing. And really interesting that that it worked out that way. So now, you know, fast forward to today, Dave, you've done so many interesting things. Some of the projects that we mentioned in the in, in the introduction highlight sort of the flavor of, of what you like to dabble in to improve healthcare outcomes. What do you think needs to be on the at the forefront of leaders' minds today? And how are you approaching it? 
Yeah, I think the big thing that is, and you, you said it in the intro as well, is it's that interoperability and finding connections is that we're moving away from a time where we, we have to have these big centralized, either a centralized organization or a centralized data repository where one kind of one place to rule them all. Sorry, I have to put my Lord of the Rings uh, reference in there, but um, <laughs> I love it. But it's a way where there's too much that personalization and variables that one organization can do it all. That you need the innovators, you need the different data sets from different places, so you can have different ways of thinking. So when you think about things like precision health and precision medicine, it's about understanding the one. And where we have to move forward is that we got to move away from this generic, we can do everything to how do we cater to the one by working mm -hmm. together and getting those needs. And so the cool thing about technology is it's there to allow us to do it. Now it's the hard parts, all the uh, creating the relationships, the ownership, IP, all those other fun things. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great call out. And, and it's it's exciting. I mean, we've got... Mm -hmm an opportunity to do some really great things. Things are already happening that are that are awesome. And so give us an example about some of the things that you and your organization has done to create results and improve outcomes by doing them differently. Yeah, so what we looked at is one of our initial, where our organization came to being is at the very beginning, there was a really big call to say, we need a hospital. We need a hospital where a city, it's not a huge city, but a city about 60,000, need a hospital. And due to different circumstances, that wasn't the case. But that was a huge blessing in that what we were able to look at and say, well, do we actually need a hospital? So there's studies out there. Uh, Canadian Medical Association did one. There's some in the UK that said, well, when we look at health, what actually affects an individual's health? Canadian Medical Association said, well, if you look at an individual's health, actually about 25% of the person's health is health care, stuff you do in the hospital and your family doctor, et cetera. UK had it at 15%. I've seen some studies as low as 5%. So we as an organization started to think as well, why are we, there's great stuff out there, but how do we start to affect the other 75, the other 85%? What do we have to do? Yeah. So we started to look at things like the social determinants of health and environment. And then we fell upon this project called the Blue Zones Project. Uh, I'm not sorry, are, are you familiar with the Blue Zones Project? I, can I am not. No, yeah. I'd love to learn more. Uh, yeah, so Blue Zones Project is highlighted by National Geographic, in Time Magazine, uh, a few other things. So his name is Dan Butner. And what he did is he went across the globe looking at different communities, centurion communities, to say, what is making these people live longer? What are the characteristics oh, yeah. of these communities? Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yes, yeah. I have now. Yes. Yeah. I remember. So we, yeah, so we started to investigate this a little bit more. And That's they have a mantra that says, to make the healthy choice the easy choice by affecting the environment and creating a culture of health. So what we started to look at is saying, if we're going to make a change, if we're really going to affect health in our community, it's not about us saying you have to do this or a very, and sometimes it's a hierarchical approach. It's about a bottom up grassroots to say, let's make, uh, let's empower every individual to be healthy through their environment, through the culture. And then we start adding technology, et cetera, all these different layers on that it's about the individual now to make, help them to make the right choices. So going with Blue Zones, we started to investigate Blue Zones a little bit more. And we're currently in the process right now of trying to bring them to Airdrie, which would be, there's 42 communities in the U.S. right now that are Blue Zones communities. We would be the first one in all of Canada outside of the U.S. And so, yeah. it's, in the, so it's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, and Dave, just to clarify, so, so Blue Zone meaning there's a, there's a high density of centenarians within a square mileage or area. Yes. Is, that, is that right? 
Yeah, so what he did is he looked at, there was five communities that he looked at for this study to start at. So those communities, uh, oh, you're going to put me on the spot here. Here we go. So it's Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, and Loma Linda, California. Amazing. So he took those five, put together a series of characteristics, and then created a program around those characteristics that can be implemented in other communities. So And so yes, things, there's things like something called the power of nine, other things that just pull individuals and focus on individual health, right down to the built environment. And so what actually happens is when a Blue Zone, when a Blue Zones project comes into play, there's a certification and a process from workplaces, from the municipal, from individuals that they have to do things to become health certified and Blue Zone certified. Fascinating. Very interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I was just curious no. like, the the classification <laughs> and what exactly it meant. But wow, yeah. And the the different areas of the of the world where they were identified as blue zones. It's fascinating work here, Dave, on, on the blue zones. So highlight some examples of of how you guys are are uh, improving outcomes by doing things differently. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is we're still in the early stages. So we're still a fairly young startup, but what we're doing differently is actually involving everyone in the community. So we're not saying here's blue zones, everybody, you're welcome type thing. We're saying, okay, <laughs> we're sitting down and finding the leaders in the community, different organizations, stakeholders in the community and saying, this is a project that's coming. It mm-hmm. can come. How do we actually make this? So it fits to us. We don't want to just say, plug it in and say that it's going to work. What are the needs that we have in our community? How do we customize this to make it into Canadian to make it the most success for us? So instead of it saying, here's Blue Zones in Airdrie, we're saying this is an Airdrie collective initiative, health initiative with Love Blue it. Zones involved. And so it goes back to that grassroots approach to say, it's not about one organization. It's not about someone telling us what to do. It's us working together. I love it. I think that's a great approach. And, you know, I go back to the, to the stat. The statistic that you shared, 15% to 25% of care is actually acute care. And uh, do we really need a hospital? And I think approaching uh, problems with the really fundamentalist uh, perspective, you know, like kind of like the first principles idea is crucial to really, you know, hit your target objective. And, and you guys have really done a, a nice job of doing that there, Dave. Give us an example of, it sounds like you guys are early on, but maybe some some setbacks that you've had early on and, and what you've learned from them that's positioned you for success. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think the big learning we're learning is that anytime you have change and obvious big change, there's going to be resistance mm-hmm. and that there's going to be people that may not understand. And so they see that as a almost as like an attack where it doesn't mean to be an attack, but there's a worry to say, well, how does this affect us? What are we going to do? And are they trying to do what we're trying to do? And so our learning and, and throughout is that we've had times where we've run into some organizations where it was a rocky start because uh, they said, mm-hmm. well, wait a second, are you, you're trying to do something different that that's not what we want. Are you sure that's what we want? What we found along the way is it's about having those strategic communications of not telling, but about listening first, understanding exactly what their concerns are and where they're coming from, and then showing how our story fits within the grander picture and how we're working to actually highlight. And so what we found a couple of times is we said, we got this great thing. This is what we're trying to do. Here's it is, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And without providing the other organizations or other individuals an opportunity to really tell us what they are doing or to provide their insight, 
their first reaction is defensive and not so much the collaborative. So by starting with the actually saying, tell us about you first and how we're going. And even if we already knew that stuff, giving them the opportunity to, to have, feel like they have a platform to speak. It's a great call out for sure, Dave. And especially with a with an initiative that you're you're going with grassroots. And I think this applies to any any situation where you're trying to institute change. So I love that you highlighted those learnings. How about one of your proudest experiences to date? <laughs> Yeah, so lots of cool things along the way. Um, you know, we, we mentioned the biography a bit too. One of it's been pretty neat this last opportunity we've had to be part of this Infrastructure Canada, the Smart Cities Challenge. This is the first time that's ever been done in Canada. And so we had this digital strategy that we were working on, which is all about interoperability and connecting data sources and, and not typical data sources. So lots of time when you hear about interoperability, we're talking about let's connect the EMR and the EHR. Let's connect all the medical systems. We're talking about connecting the medical systems with the community systems. Things like something from like a food bank or a municipal or a school. Let's bring them all together. And what was really neat is we had that validation that when we applied to the Smart Cities Challenge with a health focus, saying, if you really have a smart city, let's focus on health because that affects everything in your city, from the economy to the innovations to bringing future growth, et cetera, et cetera. There was a validation that we were selected as a, as a finalist. And um, like I say, we're not a huge community. Uh, we're a proud community, but uh, it showed that we're, we're doing something that can really make a, a big change. Oh, that's huge. And so when do you find out if you uh, won the prize? May 14th. Uh, nice. So we, have, there's a big event in Ottawa at the time. Uh, it's in Ontario, Eastern Canada, for any of the listeners who don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, it's, uh, so it'll be exciting. It'll be, you know, even if we don't win, uh, it's still exciting the process and the learnings. The last eight months, just diving down and, and working out all the details as to what it takes. Mm-hmm. What a great learning experience. So. Wow. Well, we'll definitely keep our collective fingers crossed for you and your team, Dave, for you to win the prize because we want you to win. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So tell us about uh, an exciting focus within the project that you're working on that's really got you fired up. Yeah. So one of the things that we're working on right now is when you look at data and you look at all the information, first and foremost is you think about that comes along with that is the risk and the privacy issues. And a lot of that comes when you create this big central data warehouse, you're prone to hackers and different people because there's a lot of value there. So what we said is, do we actually want to be a data manager? When you look at a lot of the organizations out there that are really successful, they actually don't have a lot of assets. You look at the Airbnbs of the world, the the Ubers. Uh, Yeah, Uber has some assets now, but it's about a service-driven industry. And so we started to look at that here for what we're doing as well saying, do we need data? I know that's a tough one. We always need data, but do we need to be the manager of the data? And so we started to look at blockchains and decentralized databases and things of that sort and started to put together a plan to say, we don't need to hold the data. The technology out there allows us to provide data in a secure way that you can provide data just as it's needed without actually having to store that data, that you keep the data or owners and custodians, they're the ones that are managing the data. We're just borrowing that data for a second to tell a story and to empower only those that need to have access to the data with that data. Uh, Going to that own your own health mantra that we talked about a little bit earlier. And so what's exciting is we're still working out the details and how to do it, but a way of um, one of the partners we're working right with now, as they put it, is uh, knowledge from data, not risk. And so that's what we're trying to figure out is if we can put this in a way that we can work together 
people can still have the data where it needs to be, but we don't all have to have that same big, huge master data set. We were able to put the power back into the individual's hands and control of their own data. I think it's fascinating. And yeah, you know, it's uh, the approaches for, for blockchain. I think this is, uh, this is an interesting uh, case where it might be useful. And kudos to you guys for, for really thinking outside of the box from the very beginning. From do I build a hospital to a blue zone project to even data, you know, management. You guys are definitely doing some cool stuff there, Dave. Oh, thank you. So we're going to get into the lightning round. And then after the lightning round, we'll ask you about your favorite book. You ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Information and collaboration. So you need the data. <laughs> so it's funny how I said that earlier, but you need information not the data itself, but uh, information about the data and why to actually tell a story. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Uh, jumping quickly into a problem without actually understanding what you're trying to solve. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Connections, learning, outreach. You can't isolate yourself. What is the one area of focus that drives everything in your organization today? Owning your own health. So making it about every individual and the customized experience for everyone. These next two are a little more on a personal note for the listeners to get to know you. What's your number one health habit? My number one health habit? Oh, um, <laughs> good or bad, Saul? <laughs> good, good habit. Good good. <laughs> uh, spending time with my family. That's, I think, without taking too much time, but when you talk about determinants of health, is that it's the awareness that health is more than about getting exercise and what you eat. It's, it's all the other things in your life. And, you know, it's our workplace. It's our time with the family. Those things are huge drivers. And so for mm. me, number one. I love that, Dave. That's a great one. And uh, what is your number one success habit? I think for me, it's not being content with doing things the way that they always were. I'm stubborn in that I like to find new ways. And I, I often think I like to believe there's always a better way. Well, your work is definitely a testament to that belief and habit. So <laughs> I love that you're sharing that. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? Uh, so a couple ideas. So I'm a huge spy book fan. I love spy huh. books and uh, things like that. There's Two characters, they're my, my favorite. There's the Mitch Rapp series. The movie doesn't give it justice, but there's the Mitch Rapp series. And then there's a Gray Man series. Awesome books, if you're a spy book fan. But one book, if we're talking, going back to healthcare, one that really had a big effect on me is, uh, there's a book, it was written by Dr. Topol, I think mm -hmm. in 2012, The Creative Destruction of Medicine, yeah. where he talks about, uh, from things from genomics to the importance of digital and the future of where things can go. And it just opened my eyes into some of the potential of, of just looking at things differently and how it's not that technology is going to replace us, but if we can work properly together with technology, we can truly change the world. And so he's a, he's a visionary. So it's pretty cool. Great book and a great recommendation, Dave. Folks, for more information on today's interview, including a full transcript, the short notes, as well as links to the books and, and the project that uh, Dave's working on, go to outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in Dave Jackson. You'll see that episode pop up. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought, Dave, and the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you and continue the conversation. Yeah, closing thought, I would say is 
don't wait for someone else to do something. If you've got an idea, run with it and be confident. One of the things I'm learning is that there's so many great ideas out there, but too many people are just sitting on them. So for me, I can be accessed any, I'm available. I love talking to people, learning more. The more I talk to, the better it is for us. Our website is uh, aahc.ca. Uh, I can be reached uh, at my email. I don't know, Saul, is that, that type of detail? Is that what you needed for me on this one as well? Sure. Yeah, if you wanted yeah. folks to have your email. Yeah, sure. Give me, yeah, email me anytime at dave.jackson at aahc.ca. Outstanding. Dave, really appreciate the conversation today. It's so interesting, the approach and the philosophy behind what you're doing and even the methods. So really inspiring for us today to to take a look at what we're doing and, and how can we do it better and different. So really appreciate you uh, and your time today. Great. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.